Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday, and this is simply ordinary time. We begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, the heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from 1 Kings chapter 1. King David was old and advanced in years, and although they covered him with clothes, he could not get warm. So his servant said to him, Let a young virgin be sought for my lord the king, and let her wait on the king and be his attendant. Let her lie on your bosom, so that my lord the king may be warm. So they searched for a beautiful girl throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful. She became the king's attendant and served him, but the king did not know her sexually. Now Adonijah, son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. He prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. His father had never at any time displeased him by asking, Why have you done thus and so? He was also very handsome, and he was born next after Absalom. He conferred with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and the priest Abiathar, and they supported Adonijah. But the priest Zadok and Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, uh, the prophet Nathan, and Shimei, and Rei, and David's own warriors, did not side with Adonijah. Adonijah sacrificed sheep, oxen, and fatted cattle by the stone of Zoheleth which is beside Enrogel, and he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the royal officials of Judah, but he did not invite the prophet Nathan, or Benaiah, or the warriors, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan said to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Ajaniah, son of Haggith, has become king, and our lord David does not know it? Now therefore come, let me give you advice, that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go in at once to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord the king, swear to your servant, saying, 
your son Solomon shall succeed me as king, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then is Adonijah king? Then, while you are still there speaking with the king, I will come in after you and confirm your words. So Bathsheba went to the king in his room. The king was very old. Abishag the Shunammite was attending to the king. Bathsheba bowed and did obeisance to the king, and the king said, What do you wish? She said to him, My lord, you swore to your servant by the Lord your God, saying, Your son Solomon shall shall succeed me as king, and he shall sit on my throne. But now, suddenly, Adonijah has become king, though you, my lord, the king, do not know it. He has sacrificed oxen, fatted cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the children of the king, the priest Abiathar, and Joab, the commander of the army. But your servant Solomon he has not invited. But you, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise it shall come to pass, when my lord the king sleeps with his ancestors, that my son Solomon and I will be counted offenders." While she was still speaking with the king, the prophet Nathan came in. The king was told, Here is the prophet Nathan. When he came in before the king, he did obeisance to the king with his face to the ground. Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall succeed me as king, and he shall sit on my throne? For today he has gone down and sacrificed oxen, fatted cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's children. Joab, the commander of the army, and the priest Abiathar, who are now eating and drinking before him, and saying, Long live King Adonijah. But he did not invite me, your servant, or the priest Zadok, or Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, or the servant, your servant Solomon. Has this thing been brought about by my lord the king, or have you let your servants know who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? So we return this morning to the story of David as a way of appreciating and understanding who Jesus is and what God is doing in and through Jesus of Nazareth, whom we know is descended from David and to whom God has promised David's throne. This morning, the promise of David's throne and the question of who will receive his throne are front and center in the hearts and minds of Israel as David nears death. The once strong and vigorous king is now confined to his chamber and his bed. As a feeble David was a liability in battle, so now a feeble David and an out-of-touch David has opened the doors for another son to reach out and claim the throne. As with Absalom, David's refusal to rein in and discipline his beloved sons works like a license to rise up and take the throne, and Adonijah has some powerful supporters among David's own inner circle. Unlike the Absalom rebellion, though, Adonijah's claim to the throne is not a rebellion as much as it is presumptuous. We could even make a case for the anointing of the heir apparent, Adonijah, as a way of strengthening the monarchy and allowing David to retire in peace. If Adonijah is to be king anyway, wouldn't it have been better for him to ascend to the throne and begin to rule instead of deferring to a bedridden and disconnected David? I'm sure those are the thoughts that run through Abijar and and Joab uh, as they are siding with Adonijah. As we have seen time and time again, however, God will make God's own way. 
As God rejected Saul and chose David for himself, now God has looked over David's older sons in favor of Solomon, the son of Bathsheba. The throne has been promised to Solomon, but David as yet has not sealed the order. So Nathan the prophet alerts and advises Bathsheba to act quickly on behalf of her son Solomon. There are echoes in the story of the Jacob and Esau story. In that story, Rebekah, Jacob's mother and Esau's mother, uh, conspires with her second son Jacob to gain both the birthright and blessing from a blind, weak, and dying Isaac. Nathan and Bathsheba remind David of his promise to Solomon and urge David to make the royal decree, naming Solomon as king in his place. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why Solomon? What's so special about Solomon? It seems from the story that it may, it is for the sake of Bathsheba. And this is why it is so important not to imagine that David's taking of Bathsheba was in any way some kind of mutual role, mutually romantic affair. We must remember that Bathsheba was taken under guard to the king's palace. David then, under force, threat of force, had sex with Bathsheba, and she became pregnant. David then killed Bathsheba's husband to cover up his sin, and when the Lord sent Nathan to convict David of his sin and lead him to repentance, Nathan revealed that the child Bathsheba was carrying would die. So as a result of David's sin, Bathsheba lost her husband and she lost her child, and now she was thrust into the dangerous world of a royal court. If Adonijah is allowed to retain the throne, Solomon and Bathsheba will surely be killed as his main rivals. Nathan has been Bathsheba's champion all along, but even more importantly, so has the Lord. God blesses the suffering Bathsheba by enthroning her son and exalting her. God will turn her mourning into dancing. How wonderful! Uh, it is that the Lord remembers and sees and looks after Bathsheba by making her the mother of the great king, Solomon. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, 
for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, and especially for the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.